the world. A Smith screen. Hosey will defend. Oh! LeBron James with no record for human life. It's the T.C. Martin Show. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. The soul says, hey, pass a big ticket. T.C. Martin. Oh, here comes the Birdman. Flapping his wings and soaring for a sweet flush. When you're aerodynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things with that sweet mohawk. The doctor is now in. Unos, dos, tres. Olé. talking about here today with that sweet mohawk could it be yours truly i don't think so could it be the earthquake nope i definitely don't think so it could be the big seven footer because because well he's rocking hair and how how he kept all his hair at his advanced age i have no idea that is not fair i'm telling you that all right glad to have you with us tc martin show on a thunderous thursday it's thunderous because we've got nba basketball We've got meaningful basketball games tonight. We're towards the end of the regular season. How weird does that sound? I know. Middle of August, and we're saying we're at the end of the regular season. So we'll talk some NBA today. Plenty of crazy NBA news. We'll dive into that. Chris Basio, the former pitcher, the author of a no-hitter back in the day, and also the uh, former pitching coach of the world champion Chicago Cubs in 2016. He joins us as we talk Major League Baseball. We'll take a look at what's happening in MLB, take a look at the standings, take a look at the suspensions, a lot of good stuff. So if you are any type of Chicago fan, Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, you're going to like today's show. If you're just a numchuck, you're going to love today's show because you got a couple world champions from the Chicago area Yeah, with Cartwright and Basio. There you go. If you're, from awesome. si- if you're from Sacramento, you got two Sacramento Sports Hall of Famers in Cartwright and Basio. There you go. And if you're anywhere in between, well, then you're out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. You got New York fans. I mean, Cartwright still has New York fans. And we'll have a uh, a Cartwright uh, ranking of something that the, oh, one of yes. his one of his ranking games yeah, today. So yeah, yeah. if anything, just tune in for that. Yeah. Well, you're already here, so there you go. Yeah. But if, if you're not, t- someone else isn't tuned in. Get him. You phone a friend. Go get him. Right. Use now. that lifeline right there. All right. TCMartinShow.com coming your way. All right. Wow. NHL, game number two today, Golden Knights getting ready to face off against Chicago Blackhawks in less than a half hour. That's right, afternoon hockey today. There we go. Yes. And see, they should be using this because when the home team in the NHL or NBA, WNBA, they should be playing. I believe they are. They you think so? Yeah, I watched. Um, it was uh, one of the round robin games. They, the Knights came out to this. They did. John, little John Wick mode. There it is. Exactly. Yeah. This is John Wick, too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Now, do they have the licensing right for that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I, something something Castlevania. I, I forgot the, the. It's like some French name. But everyone just calls it John Wick. How mode. many people know this is the John Wick thing? That's a. That's a you saw that. It's a cl- It's a great scene. What he's wow. just doing damage in the nightclub. Wow. Do, you know what? You're gonna, I think you're going to have to make an impromptu phone call right now. Oh, who am I All right? calling? I'm, uh, you're going to call my friend Deacon Bob. Oh, okay. okay. I want to call Deacon Bob right now and take that top number, and okay. I want you to play this for him because there is no bigger John Wick fan than Deacon Bob. Oh, let me He's go get seen him. every one at least 12 times. 
All right, so I want you to get the deke on before we start bringing our guests on today. You go to that, and I'm going to make you a bet right now that he nails this. And if not, I'm going to buy you lunch tomorrow. You down for that, Quake? All right, so, and Deacon Bob has no ideas going on the air. Just say that you're with me, and, and that, just l- let me take it from there. There you go. But anyway, yeah, NHL playoffs tonight, you never know what's going to happen here on this show. And he's probably not going to answer your call because he's going to say, who's calling from Las Vegas? Uh, anyway, so the Golden Knights won game one, defeating the Chicago Blackhawks 4-1. to one. They lead the series 1-0. So here we go with game number two today. Like I said, afternoon affair in Toronto. And uh, we'll see who will be in goal between the pipes uh, for the Golden Knights today. Will it be Mark andre Fleury or will it be Robin Lerner again? And uh, looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully you dialed the right number there, uh, Quake. Yeah, All right. voicemail. Hold on. That's okay. I'm going to text him right now. Calling now. Pick up. I need that. I need that. 702 number. But then again, you know he's a, he's a very popular guy. He's a deacon. I mean, he, he, could, he could be dealing, you know, like with Cartwright, with people at USF, you know. Highly Catholic institution over there. He, he I need his number he, yeah. again. You know, he he could be uh he could be taking care of some business right now. So there you go. All right. All right, Quake. So while you're doing that, uh again, so let's talk about the Golden Knights. Uh in game one, they shut down Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Duncan Keith. Only five shots on goal uh from that trio for the Blackhawks. And I know Stevie Slapshot thinks that the Blackhawks are going to get right back in this series, and they need to win today. So uh, Golden Knights, no one has been playing better hockey there in their bubble in Canada. So we'll see if they can win game number two today. And a lot of people, I know Brian Blessing, Steve Carp, think, hey, this, this could be a sweep. And it very much uh, could be. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So anyway, a lot of other bubble talk to get into today. We're talking about the NBA so let's rock and roll, and let's bring in uh, our very good friend, the five-time NBA champion, the ever-popular, the ever-vescent, the ever-ever, I don't know... Ever-ready. Ever-ready, Big Bill Cartwright. What's going on, my man? Hey, I'm just, uh, I'm just getting it done this week. Uh, now, you forgot, and I'm very surprised, maybe shocked. That uh, you didn't mention the uh, the uh, weekly contest, which is possibly the best contest we've ever had. I'm getting there, my this friend. Now, now, Quake, amazing. Quake already teased it. Now, Quake said, "I think Quake used the the term, you know, game, which you know he should be reprimanded for that." Yes, but no, it's the it's the contest. It is the Cartwright Family Weekly Contest, and we are going to definitely dive into that because you're right. This is it's one of the greatest of all time. But we do hear this every week that you think every week is the biggest barn burner of all time. What makes this one the even bigger and better barn burner? of all time because the people involved in it are the the greatest of all time that's true and what they do they're the greatest absolutely amazing amazing people and then now to be able to have a contest where you can raise already greatness to number one is amazing and and this has been very versatile now i've heard your choice on number one uh, amazing singer. Uh, I'm not sure I agree, but uh, very, very interesting. 
Okay, so let me say this. So first of all, this week's contest, and we ran the gamut from everything from uh, best f- fast food and drinks and uh, sitcoms. I mean, the list has gone on and on. So today, or this week, here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the Cartwright Family Contest is Greatest Female Singer of All Time. That is a barn burn. Now, we teased this the last couple days. We teased this, and Quake went home and even did his homework for this. And as you know, yes, I got mine in a little bit early. I submitted my top five greatest female singers of all time. And you, Bill Cartwright, you already said that you're really not agreeing with my number one. My number one may surprise you. Quake is a a very avid, uh, you know, uh, songstress type of guy, yeah. music type of guy. I'm going to go on a limb right now. Quake doesn't know who my number one is, but I can guarantee you that Quake is probably going to agree with me or at least give me a thumbs up because you got to remember, man, I, I'm going I'm going deep in the archives. I'm looking at all genres, and my number one, my friend, had over 50 albums. The awards that this lady won uh, not only Grammy Awards, but I think Academy Awards, and one of the greatest voices of all time. Not one of my personal favorites, but it kind of rings true to my home because my sister was compared to uh, her with her voice, her looks, her acting. And my sister, when I was a little kid, would sing a lot of her songs. But the bottom line is, my number one is Barbara Streisand. Oh, Yes. 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 I, I I did see that, and obviously she is great. There's no question about she it. She could She's be the great. greatest. She could be the greatest of all time. She, she she could be, and we and we are not going to know until tomorrow. All right. We're not going to know exactly if she is the greatest. Or not. I'm just I'm just curious. Why didn't you pick Judy Garland then? A little Judy Garland before my time. I was never really again. It's kind of an age thing, I think, as well too, where you'd have to actually really listen to those songs and i understand judy garland julie andrews is another one four octave range just again uh stage screen music uh so judy garland is is up there i think julie andrews is there but then again not you know before my time and even streisand's kind of before my time but again i don't there's so many i mean so many i mean you can't that's why this is such a great contest and I don't think you're gonna have a clear-cut winner, but knowing your family the way I know them, I think you're oh, gonna get. No, 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 no. We we are. We're not like your contest. We're gonna have a clear-cut winner. <laughs> we have one winner. Yes, but you know it's gonna, gonna come. Confusion. I tell you what. I'm not gonna have to call anybody. I'm not gonna have to get sent down on the phone. I'm not gonna get anybody else. We're gonna have one winner. And Quake, of all the Streisand tunes, you're going to pick that one? She's got pipes on that one. She's what got she pipes get? on everything. I know, once that one gets going, it's pretty great. It's all good. It's all good. So I knowing, sorry, I started to say, Bill, you know, knowing your family and sisters and everybody, it's going to come down to Whitney and Aretha. That's what it's going to come down to in your family. I understand that there are a lot of votes for them. And granted, granted, I, I, I agree with that. But again... You know, this is, like you said, there are no rules. There are no prerequisites. It's basically, no. you know, it could be your personal favorite, right? Or it could be it the, the greatest selling of all time. Look at Quake rocking yeah. out. Yeah. This is my number one. Cartwright, this is my number one. <laughs> oh, sing it. Oh. Everybody stand up and shout now. Let's go. 
You can't help but just be in a great mood when you hear this song. This is true. Here we go. Let's hit the chorus, baby. Here we go. Yes, it's the Cartwright Family Contest, the greatest female singer of all time. You can hit us at TC Martin 21 if you'd like as well. So there you go. All right, Bill, let's hear your let's hear your five. No, now you know I don't reveal until on. until on Friday. This is our audience, man. Let's go. They need to hear no. from you. You can't tease no. it. You got to please it. No. No. Now, I I will say this. Now, I like those first two people you threw out, you know, Aretha, Whitney, you can't rope but you know, uh, Ella may have a little, little something to say about that. Mm, Ella, no question. All right, so I think you have my five in, in front of you. Do you want to tell our listeners what my five was? Now, again, mine's no, a little I, off the... I, I, I do not, and nor when I uh, uh, take away your, your fire and justification for your five, uh, I, I think that you should, be, you should reveal it. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to reveal it if I can remember it. Okay, so here it was for me, Quake. Yeah. Okay, so I went, I went Barbara number one. Okay, and again, these are my personal favorites, sure. and I'm incorporating the range, the voice, and those songs and what they meant to me. Yeah. Whatever you know, whatever, whatever. We pipe down. That's what, I got to let you know. It's just like what you like. Here's the thing. Exactly. So this is a broad contest. That's, that's the problem. It's a broad the contest. The problem is, is that you just can't say, you know what? I love this. This girl's my number one singer. Why go. can't you just say that? Okay, there Why it is. Put all these rules on everything. Because people always ask this. That's asking. They go, well, what does that mean? What are the greatest? Does that mean the greatest selling? Of course. It's like, it's like crazy. So my five it's passionate. Like right, will you just pipe down over there? Get in your corner over there. I'm going to put you at the end of the bench. Okay, you got four fouls right now. Go sit at the end of the bench. All right, this is Quake. This is Quake and Ice time. This is our time right now, okay? There's, there's, there's no officials out here. <laughs> Give me something. Give me some passion. Give me some juice. Right. Give me some energy. Quick. I'm going to jack up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> Gladys Knight. I'm going with Gladys Knight. That's, uh, I got to endorse that one. There we got to endorse it. I'm going Gladys Knight. Yeah. I'm going Roberta Flack. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going Shaka Khan. Oh, those are good ones. And Donna Summer. Oh, boy, those are good ones. So pick whatever one you want, and let's jam. Let's go. And while you're telling me, you're five. I mean, I didn't really think about five. Definitely Whitney Houston's my number one. Um, I'm going to have to go with Diana Ross. Okay. Diana Ross. Aretha Franklin, for sure. Uh, my queen, Beyonce. Cartwright, what's going on in the Turn him down, okay? We're, we're done with him today. Wow, yeah. wow. You got, you got some wow. feedback going over Be- there. Beyonce, we got to throw Beyonce in there. I guess we do. Uh, I don't know who, uh, maybe Stevie Nicks, probably Stevie Nicks. Wow, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Lord. How about a little Linda Ronstadt? You like her, too? I like her. Yeah. She's no Stevie. How about some hot stuff, Bill? Do you know what any hot stuff is all about? I was one years old when this came Can out. you bust out? Those angel flight pants that you used to wear at Studio 54 after you dominated the old Philadelphia 76ers at the Garden. You went out to Studio 54. You probably didn't even need the platform shoes because you're already 7'1". You didn't need to be 7'6". I did, I, did, I did have a pair of shoes that were a little taller. I don't think I needed to be platform, but they, but they did have a, a, a couple of extra inches. And you had to do that. You know, because you had, uh, you know, you had, you had dope on them, pants on. They were long. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just looked pretty darn good at them. So, uh, yeah. 
You got to do it. There you go. There you go. That's, that's a strong fashion statement. Where can we find some pictures of you in, in 1976 or 1979? Where can we find some some you dressed out and decked out like that? You, you can actually find those in my garage up in the attic where they will stay. <laughs> Uh, for so, some reason, unknown godly reason, you think you are amazing looking uh, when you're young, and <laughs> then when you're young, after that, it's uh, it's a nightmare. It's like the worst bow ties and uh, mixed colored outfits you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> exactly. So there it Horrible. is. So our our two guests, Trevor Maddox. Keeps his 16 Emmy Awards locked in the the attic in, a, in an old dusty box. And Bill Cartwright has his old angel flights humble. in his disco gear. They're just humble guys. In his they, old pictures. They don't want to flaunt it. Wow. Wow. All right. I could, I could show you uh, some, some pictures, you know, too. So there you go. Imagine, yeah. Yeah, he used to have an afro, too. Imagine that. Imagine if everybody saw that. That would really be shocking. I could, Craig, I could bust out my picture from 1991 right now. I think I have one of those uh, relatively handy, too. I've seen the old uh, NCW. Uh, uh, oh, that's true. That I've was seen nine, the, old, the old tapes. That was 95. There okay. you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Yeah, we got, I, got, I got plenty of stuff here. All right, Big Bill. So let's, let's talk about this. All right, a team is going to reach the playoffs with a losing record for the first time in 23 years. All right, we yeah. know this is a crazy season. It sounds crazy that we're coming to the end of the regular season today and tomorrow in the middle of August, but, but here we go. But today, very meaningful day with uh, NBA basketball. Four teams, Portland, Memphis, Phoenix, and San Antonio, are in contention for the eighth seed. Two teams are going to get a spot in this play-in game that's going to take place on Saturday. It seems like it's Portland and Memphis in control of their own fates. Phoenix and San Antonio must win and get some help. First of all, are are you buying into this this eight seed in this play-in game and this sort of thing? And whoever comes out of this thing is probably going to get drilled by the Lakers. But come on, man. A losing record? You don't belong in the playoffs. First time in 23 years. No, of, of course you don't. Look, I mean, some years it's like that. To where you know, uh, what do you mean you know, some you, years. It's been twenty three years. So so what? Last dance was twenty three years. And you can <laughs> stop talking about that. So we were my, talking about my, champions, my, my, though. My, exactly, we were the champions yeah. after twenty three years. It didn't look like it, but we were. <laughs> so my my point is is that you know this is where the rules are, and now what a great thing you get an opportunity. To get into the the, the the playoffs, it happens every year in the NCAA. When teams get in, they don't have a great record. They they win their conference tournament, all of a sudden they're in, they, and, and then they're playing the best basketball of the year. So, I think that's uh, I think it's a great thing. Uh, I think it's very exciting. I think it's extraordinarily exciting for that city. To get that team in and to those players, it's a credit to their coaching staff for hanging in. Uh, so I, I don't see any downside to it. Because, look, the, 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 the bottom line of it is that the team that is not necessarily has the best record during the season, but the team that's the healthiest and playing the best basketball at this point in time, that's a team that's going to win. So... If in fact it's a team that's that's under five hundred, who cares? I don't. 
I know, because they've still earned the right to get in, and it gives them an opportunity to win. All right. All right. So who do you like in this thing? Who's going to get the eighth seed? Uh, I've watched a lot of different games and a lot of different teams. Right now, Portland's playing fine. Uh, you know, I, 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 I can't call it. Uh, right now, you've, you've got to go with a team like team like Portland, a team, you know, that they can get hot, uh, a team that's dangerous. Um, I mean, you are probably right. They're probably going to get drilled by whoever the number one seed is because they have the better team, whether you're playing the Lakers or the Clippers or Milwaukee or Toronto. They're, those are the, the top four teams in the league. So uh, it's just going to be very, very difficult to win. But um, I'm just very excited to uh, to have basketball going on. I think those guys have done a great job. Um, they've, they've used a, an extraordinary amount of the energy, taking a lot of time. They, they care whether they want or not. Um, it's, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch. So we're talking about this play-in game, all right, and it will take place. Remember, the rules were pretty quirky here, that if a team didn't finish within three and a half of Memphis, there wasn't going to be a play-in game or whoever the eighth seed was. And obviously we got, you know, these four teams are all bundled up with basically a game apart here. So we are going to have one. It's a one-and-done situation like the NCAA play-in game when you're battling what against you know what 67 against 68 and the winner to go get the number one seed or whatever. All right, so yeah, let me and, 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 and let me ask you: Won't this be a great game to watch? Just like an NCAA game where everything's on the line on this one game, so you could be sent home. I think this. I think this is an amazing scenario. Okay. Um, so of, of, of one game, um, you know, this is it. You know, we're either in or out. So I, I, I think this is going to be beautiful to watch. Yeah, that's intriguing because it's a, it's like an elimination game. But again, it's basically the eighth and the ninth seeds here. And again, these aren't two great teams. And again, as I say, we're talking about teams that are well below five hundred. So no, it's probably not going to be a great game to watch. It'll probably be exciting because the loser gets to pack up and go home. And to be honest, as you know, there probably these guys aren't going to be too sad to go home. They want to go home. I mean, this is a weird situation with this bubble situation. But let me ask you this: since there's a lot of talk about this now, do you think that this play-in game? should be happening as we go forward, once everything gets back to normal, uh, because that's what the talk is. Every time something is new comes into play, people go, hey, well, maybe we should do that, and let's keep it, and that sort of thing. Institute a new rule here. Do you think that this should be, going forward, a standard thing? No, I don't think it should be a standard thing. I think that the uh, existing rules uh, exist. Uh you know, unless they have identical records, and uh, even in that, then it's like head-to-head uh, records. So, uh, because I, I think this is a special event, is that, you know, it's, it's a shortened season, at least at the end, and it gives these guys an opportunity to play. Now, during the course of the season, where they're playing 82 games, um, you know, 
No, I don't think this scenario should happen because it's they've they've already had the entire season. They've had they've had uh, eighty two games to uh, to to dictate what's going to happen in the course of the playoffs. So, uh, no, I definitely don't want that to happen. All right, Big Bill Cartwright joins us, the five time NBA champ, as we talk the end of the regular season here for the bubble. Speaking of the bubble, Bill. I don't know if you heard this breaking news. Quake, we got breaking news here. Here we go. All right. The NBA bubble will not allow Instagram models to come in. Now, the situation here, if we're not aware, is that when these teams go home, they're going to have room. Okay, room at the hotel area there. At, uh, in Orlando there, in, in Disney World. And so there, once you get to the playoffs, they're going to allow players to bring in family and other members. So the NBA is saying the league and players have agreed to keep casual acquaintances known by the players only through social media and intermediary from joining the Disney base bubble. Those people will not be allowed. So apparently there has been uh, some players that invited some Instagram models a few weeks back and say, hey, you know, once we make the playoffs, uh, we're allowed to bring, you know, some people in, some some close friends. So come on in. So a couple of these Instagram models went online and were saying, hey, I'm, I'm hanging with the NBA players. So the NBA got word of this, and now we find out that, no, they're not going to be allowed. So uh, this is what they're saying. Casual acquaintances could create problems within your team. And maybe someone else's, too. That's what one GM said. Instagram model Anna Maya alleged she got an invite to Orlando in early July. Now appears that she is not going to make the cut. So also not allowed in the bubble, Bill. Take these notes here. No trainers, physical or massage therapists, personal chefs, hair or apparel stylist, tattoo artists are forbidden, and current and prospective business partners and certified agents. They're banned. So no tattoo artists, no Instagram models, and Lou Williams, I don't know what he's going to do because he can't get his chicken delivered. (laughs) So how does that strike you, my friend? I think that sounds all very appropriate. And, you know, I'm not really sure, or you being really tactful about this Instagram models, um, that people are bringing in casual acquaintances. Maybe you're being uh, coy. I'm not really sure what that means I'm either. I'm just giving you the article here. This is the breaking news that the NBA came uh-huh. down. The bubble's not going to allow Instagram models. and We're just reporting it. Yeah, we're reporting. What do you think? We're being coy. What are you talking about? Well, what is, okay, so what, what, what does that mean, man? What does that mean, Instagram model? I, do you, I don't, I've never heard of an Instagram model. What is that? <laughs> Uh, Quake, would you, want, would you like to take if, the next if, 20 if, seconds and tell explain, Bill, what Instagram is? <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's social media, uh, and they're influencers, uh, women, ladies who influence social media. Influence to what? Through, through their pictures. They influence men through their pictures. Now, Quake is an expert at this. We I talked am. about this yesterday. There it is. Pictures of what? All of them, their bodies. <laughs> their nakedness. Well, no, Instagram, no, no oh, nudity on no Instagram. No nudity on Instagram. Yeah. Implied, but Implied. no. Implied. Understand. Okay. So uh, so no different than the Sports Illustrated bathing sh- yeah. uh, shoot, uh, suit uh, edition, right? Absolutely. Why, why, why would that be in the building anyway? 
that's that's insanity. Well, you tell me, why are these players inviting uh, models uh, to come over? You tell me. I, wait, wait, it, it, you it, live the it, life. It doesn't sound like players. It sounds like doesn't sound like players. It sounds like a few players. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I use that word to um, bring some friends over. Um, that was going to put everybody else in jeopardy. So, you know, this sounds pretty normal to me. That <laughs> There you go. It's like uh, kind of a rite of know, passage for NBA players, isn't it's it? Like, it's like, no, you can't come in here. Uh, no, you have to wait till the playoffs is over so we can do your Instagram modeling uh, when we're done with this. Or casual acquaintance when this series is over. Um, we can get back to that. So even though who in the world would have that anyway in a pandemic? So, well, let me uh, let me throw uh, this at you here. Here's some more breaking news here, Quake. All right, now it's not the NBA, but I don't know if you heard this news today that a Seattle Seahawks player. They're basically you know at training camp right now, and they're quarantined, they're locked down. A Seattle Seahawks player brought in a woman to hang out with him after practice, spend the night, and. She was dressed up in a Seattle Seahawks uniform and disguised as a man, as a player. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes. So this is what's happening in these bubbles. And hours later, the player was found out to have the girl, woman, model, whatever she was. He was immediately cut. So this happens, my friend. And like Quake said, we're just reporting the news here. This is prevalent. Yeah, well, it's like anything. And it's like anything we can't control. And as you know, one thing we can't control is stupidity. So, that's just it. you know, you can't control it. You can't justify it. You can't explain it. Uh, there's no other better word. It's just stupidity. It is. It is. Hey, I, I'm surprised you know, you can't have, like, a little humoristic take on this thing at all. I mean, you're all serious. Like, you're... Uh... You know, the commissioner or something. You're Adam Silver, it sounded like. Come on, man. Well, well, well let me ask you a question. I mean, you're a former player. You Come on. No, no I, yeah, exactly. So let me ask you a question. So you're, you're, you're a player, and, and you know what's at stake. Yep. So you have a guy coming in who's bringing in somebody else who could possibly put him at risk. That puts you and your teammates and everybody else at risk. So how how bad is that? No, and I mean, from how, that standpoint, I mean, it's pathetic. I, You're right. It's 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 ridiculous. It really is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, God, they should beat that guy with a stick before <laughs> he throws his ass out of there. And, it's ridiculous. And as we know, I mean, you saw a lot of this, you know, firsthand. You had some wild and crazy teammates, as we all know. And I'm sure you were shaking your head and, and wanting to beat some of your teammates over the head with a stick, correct? Yeah, but not in a pandemic. Not when you're putting... You're, you know, you know, and I'll give my teammates credit. My teammates wanted to win more than anything else. So this this would not happen. It would not be acceptable. There you go. Because more than anything else, you you want to win. So, um, you know, like I said, you can't explain it. You can't justify it. You can't think about it and say, oh, well, maybe they're trying. No, it's stupid. Hmm. It's just stupid. There is There is no word. Other than stupid. All right, let's leave you with this. Portland beats Dallas the other night in a huge game, 134-131. Damian Lillard, 61 points. His third 60-point game this season. 
Trivia question. Who's the last guy to do that? Uh, I'm not even sure. I'm not a numbers guy. Take a guess. It was one of those great players that we had talked about before when we were talking about the greatest of all time. And, of course, it's kind of obvious when you think about it. Yeah. It was Wilt. Wilt did it. He was the last guy to do it. And here's another thing. that Lillard was 18 for 18 at the free throw line. So it seems like, you know, remember he, he missed those two free throws a couple games before that, was ridiculed by Clippers players. Seems like Damian Lillard, and we've seen this with him in the playoffs before, this guy is motivated. He wants to put his team on his back. So I think, yeah, Portland is, does have the, the inside shot here. Now, if Portland does advance and they play the Lakers, do you think Lillard can carry that team and maybe upset the Lakers? No. I think they can carry a game or two, but he can't carry a series. There's no way. So, um, I mean, that's 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 just the way I feel. And and hopefully, uh, I think they they can hold them under. I don't know, fifty. <laughs> maybe maybe trap them a little bit. I don't know. Maybe somebody's got to guard somebody. Who knows? But but that but that is a lot of free throws. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. Have you ever shot sixteen? Or 18 free throws in a game? Is that a lot? That's a lot. That's plenty. Was I, I know where you're going with this, too, because uh, you, you did that, didn't you? That's right. That's where I'm going with. <laughs> I knew that's where you're going. <laughs> go, go, go ahead. You you want me to, to, to pat you on the back, or you want to do yeah, it yourself? I need it. I need, I need something. I, I need, believe I it was, that. what, 19 for 19? 18 for 18? 19, or 19. 19. You see? There you go. There you go, Quake. Bill Cartwright, ladies and gentlemen, the great big Cartwright, the five-time NBA champ, three as a player, two as a coach, went 19 for 19 at the free throw line in one game. And people wanted to bag on my man's free throws and his style had a, a very high percentage with that. Yes, 19 for 19. There you go. A little pat on the back there. Let's light up a cigar for the seven-footer. Oh, How's that's that? Done. Do I treat you right? Do I treat you right? Come on now. Oh, that felt good, too. That felt so good. <laughs> that's better than a massage. That's better than a scotch and cigar. Here we go, Bill. One of the greatest of all time. It's Gladys Knight, baby. She can sing it. She can sing the jams. She can go slow it down if you want. Save the overtime for me. NBA, save the overtime for me. I don't want overtime. I don't want basketball in September and October. Let's get this thing over with. Sing it, Gladys. Quake, you gotta love this jam. It's a good one. Bill, come on, I know I know you disco down to this back in the day. Uh, maybe once or twice. <laughs> but uh, but remember I spent most of my time at the gym, so there was a lot uh, of disco on him. All right, brother, be good. Hey, give keep that playing, Quake, to write us out. And uh, make sure that we get the results, all right, of the greatest female singer of all time next week. And and you want to tease next week's contest, what it is? Tease it for us. Next week contest is going to go the opposite way. And a little contradictory for me, but we'll go this way anyway. Now, this is going to be about alcohol. Uh, and this is going to be who has made the greatest mixed drink of all time. <laughs> all right, there we go. All right, my man. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, all right, guys, enjoy it. You got it. All right. All right, Chris Bazio is waiting in the wings. We'll get his thoughts. Major League Baseball, we got suspensions to talk about and a whole lot more. And who's in second place? 
And then in the National League Central, that might surprise you. We'll hit it. TC Martin Show on a thunderous Thursday. Hey, this is Robert De Niro, and you're listening to the TC Martin Show. It's good. All right, we go from the NBA to Major League Baseball. A lot to cover, a lot to do. And uh, we bring in uh, one Chicago champion for another Chicago champion. This one is still sporting his Cubs ring from 2016, I believe. The author of a no-hitter. I love saying that, the author of a no-hitter. I'm not talking about a book here. A real no-no back in the day. Chris Bazio, what is going on, my friend? Dude, how you doing? I'm excellent, man. What do you know? Man, I like the bit with Cartwright about the uh, the female singer thing. That's awesome. All right, so you got to chime in, man. I'm sure he's listening right now. He's going to take down your vote. Uh, greatest female singer of all time. We actually, uh, he, he allows us uh, to give five. So if you got five, go for it, man. But who's your number one? I can't. I can't do five. I, you know, um, I'll try. But I'm. I'm more of a, a Boston, Kansas, yeah. Lizzie. You're a rocker. You're a, Cor- a Cordova rocker. Dude, I, I worked all the concerts when I worked for Budweiser, so I got in free. <laughs> I mean, Eddie Money was one of the greatest things I ever saw. And I got to know Huey Lewis. Yeah. But the female singers, one of my favorites, I I know she might not be the top five, but I love Stevie Nicks with Fleetwood Mac. You know, I'm a big Fleetwood Mac fan, but... Yes, he quite... Earthquake went with that. He he went with Stevie Nicks as part of his top five. You go Stevie Nicks, Linda Ronstadt. You're probably Janis Joplin guy, knowing you. No, I'm probably going to go like, uh, geez, Aretha Franklin, yeah. Tina Turner, Whitney Houston for sure. Okay, see, there you, go. you got a little soul uh, in you. I got a, you know, Rizzo would have to probably, we'd have to probably throw Taylor Swift in there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> or, or how about Taylor Dane? How about Taylor Dane? She, still, she still looks good. Quake was playing some Stevie Nicks for you. Nice job. My, my wife would probably want me to put pink in there. So oh, jeez, that's a good one. You like pink for, for modern, like yep. modern day singers? Pink? She's fantastic. Pink does have a voice. How about Adele? Adele's oh, got a yeah. great voice too. You want yeah. to go modern? There you go. Boz, you came my strong. Wife, you came wife, strong. Hey, my wife. My wife saw a concert with Pink the first time when she ever sang, and she she's like, "Oh my God, this is so unbelievably talented!" And she heard one of her first performances, and she had a pretty solid career. I think I got you paid for a Lady Gaga guy. Yeah, I'm going back over to Boston and Kansas. (laughs) You know, Bad to the Bone was my walkout song. I mean, my dad was a huge Bon Skaggs guy. I mean, we listened to that a lot in the Rancho Korea area. (laughs) So, you know, it's all good. All good. That's the first time I've heard. I've heard of Rancho Cambodia. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say Rancho Korea before. That's good. 
Well, you know, it's part of the ranch, the University of the Ranch. You know all about that, looking outside the fence. Yeah, yeah looking outside the fence. <laughs> Very nice. There you go. I, it's funny. I was going to ask you about that, too, uh, because, you know, Bozzi and I always go through this, this, this rivalry that, that we had, and, you know, he, he claims to, to hit Ri- some bomb rivalry. off me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Rivalry but, is actually competitive games, isn't it? <laughs> Come on, I, I beat you at Peterson Field. Don't forget that. Oh my I, God, I got the best of you at Peterson Field. Don't you? You got, after I left, Rock, you went over. Paper, scissors, don't count. Whatever. Okay. Here's what I was going to ask you. Speaking of which, okay, you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and don't ever say that I don't give you compliments because I'm going to say it right here, right now. You were a hell of a hitter back in the day, my friend. Not only were you a pitcher, but you were a hell of a hitter. And all of us, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty good hitters. And then, you know, we kind of went by the wayside decades and decades where they didn't allow pitchers to hit and all that kind of stuff. Let me ask you, when you, you know, got to the bigs and everything, I mean, or even, I guess even in college, were, you, were, the, were they allowing you to hit at City College or were you just a pitcher only? And how did that really make you feel? Because you still had this stick, man. So did you ever miss it? I didn't because, you know, I grew up as a switch hitter. I mean, I played hockey in Minnesota and we, when we lived back there when my mom had Hodgkins. Mm-hmm. And I always had a left-handed slap shot. And my dad always said, you're a better left-handed hitter than right. Well, you know, hitting balls into that pond at rec one and rec two into the tennis courts, my dad's like, you're a much better pitcher than you are a position player. And, son, you can play short, you can play center, you can play any outfield position because you got an arm and you can throw it all the way home. He goes, he goes you're, you got a history for pitching, son, because you got an arm that God gave you and you got that about a lot of those things. And, I, dude, I, I hit 300, 350, you're right, mm-hmm. with, with some power. But Guy Anderson, after that first year, when he brought me up to varsity, when we we lost that CIF to uh, Del Campo, he's like, "You're going to pitch. That's it. You're not. We're not wasting at bats. We're not wasting your energy. You know, next year you're going to be one of my main starters." And that was it. That was after my sophomore year. Because back then we were only a three-year school. Right, right. See, so all those, those fabrications about you launching off me—it never happened. You never got to the plate against me. See. Guy Anderson well, wouldn't lay you in the box. He was afraid of that me. That was summer ball different, man. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I think I'm the only guy in the history of baseball that's two for two off Greg Maddox. So believe what you want to believe. I'm two for two. <laughs> two for two against Greg Maddox, exactly. So there you go. All right, Chris Bosio, the legend continues, continues to grow. Maybe fabricate. Who knows? But no. Uh, let me ask you this, man. The uh, Joe Kelly suspension got reduced today from eight games to five games. He's still very vocal about it, still whining about it. I want to give you some quotes here. that He went on a podcast and said, then I want to get your feedback, because he's, he's going to throw a slight into our boy here. He goes, I socially distanced. I walked away. And we're talking about when Kelly you know, threw against the Astros and actually didn't hit anybody. Ended up you know, you know, striking out Correa, I believe it was. And then uh, he got the suspension for, for eight games, and the bench is cleared. Nothing really happened. So today got, again, you know, reduced to five games. He goes, I socially distanced. I walked away. I didn't get close. I followed all the guidelines of the CDC. And people on the other side, the Astros, they didn't. He said, 
F them. They walked out of the dugout, walked toward us. Carlos Correa effing spit at our team. I don't know if it was at me, but spit came out of his mouth. This guy walks over to our dugout and then spits. While I follow all the rules and I get eight games. They have a manager and Dusty Baker on their side verbatim yelling at me, get your little skinny ass on the mound. So my cuss words get me eight games and his cuss words get zero. That makes complete sense, right? Welcome to planet Earth, a debacle. There's a quote from Joe Kelly. Give me your thoughts when you hear that. I think you said it perfect. (laughs) Uh, I think everybody out there that's, that saw the game. I saw the game live. Yep. I saw what he did. And let me just share this with you. There's a, there's a way that you can hit somebody by throwing a breaking ball and, do, and then do all that, that breaking ball hand gestures, sign language, if you will, like, hey, it was a breaking ball. I missed it. I've, I've known plenty of guys that have done that deliberately to try to avoid suspension. Right. Kudos for Major League Baseball for getting it right. I, I do think... Eight was a little severe, but it would have been justified because it was it was a kind of a clown show when it was happening live. It That's was. my opinion. Yeah, and he's sitting there, you know, uh, making the gestures like wa- whining with his eyes with Correa, and then he talked about that, saying, "Well, that that's the thing that my wife does," and it was just like spur of the moment. I didn't plan on that, but I just felt like, oh, he was being, a l-, and he used the word, you know. <laughs> You know, the B word, basically. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Joe Kelly still still whining and crying about this uh, craziness. Now let's move over, continuing with the Astros here. Uh, and, and, by the way, I think that he probably got that right. I mean, you know Dusty just like I do. I can see Dusty saying that to him. And, uh, yeah, good for Dusty. Yeah, go, go get your little skinny ass on the mound. Can you picture Dusty saying that? I, I, I don't think he's embellishing that. I Absolutely nothing wrong with saying that. Right, exactly. You, know, you got a you got a veteran guy like Dusty who's respected by everyone, and you got a guy that's I'm not gonna lie. He's got a he's known for some shenanigans, right? You know, on the field, and when you get that kind of reputation, you're gonna have multiple people, whether you call it picking on or not. I call it self induced. Mm-hmm. You know, Kelly brought this on himself. I think Dusty was trying to help him by saying, get back on the mound. Right. You know, there's no there's no need for that, you know. I think that's where Dusty was going, knowing him. Right. All right, so Houston hitting coach Alex Cintron gets 20 games for what happened last weekend at the Coliseum in Oakland where uh, Luriano gets uh, six games. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. Saw the game live. We Actually, you and I were speaking before everything happened. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to stand up. Anybody calls you out as a man, you know, you're probably going to feel compelled to do something about it. Unfortunately, it happened that way. Um, I Again, where there's smoke, there's fire. And with Centron, I believe there was more involved with the Houston Astros in this sign stuff, then, you know, then I think that uh, really came out, especially with him. I find it really hard to believe that a bench coach or a hitting coach, you know, doesn't have something to do with it. 
I mean, if, if Cora's going to be guilty and Beltran's going to be guilty, then why wouldn't the hitting coach be guilty of the same thing? All right. You know, and it's stuff like this usually comes out in the wash. I think they call it the baseball gods. And, uh, you know, Mr. Cintron as a leader, as, as an example holder on a team that is under a microscope, I think made a poor choice. Uh, calling out a player, uh, you know, and I, you know, it seems like uh, the suspensions are very, very aggressive. Um, I mean, this started last year, especially in a situation like this. Losing a guy like that who's a major fixture on the team, very, very damaging. You know, and another, another tough pill to swallow for our do you, do you think oh, that 20 to fight all these the injuries do you, mean, do you think that 20 games do you think 20 games for a hitting coach is excessive especially when we're talking about a 60 game schedule that's a third of the season this guy's missing they told him beforehand you cannot do this and I think you know I don't know all what was said I mean I saw the game live and I saw what he was doing um, 20 games yeah I think it's a little excessive that's why I made the comment right it's too much, but they also shot a big flare in the beginning of the season about this, about this COVID thing. They're not going to tolerate any on-the-field brawls or contact like that. There will be suspensions. Well, we saw a big one, hmm. probably the biggest percentage suspension that we've seen on steroid-related. Right. All right, Chris Bazio joins us, former pitching coach, former Major League pitcher, joining us and talking a little MLB. The St. Louis Cardinals have played five games. I mean, most teams have played between 18 and 20. I know you and I have talked about this before. Uh, the Marlins have played 12. They played a little catch-up here. Phillies have played 13. Uh, what happens here with the Cardinals? They've played five games there's not enough time to even come close to making these games up. What do you think is going to happen? And when are they going to get back in action? Well, here's the thing that I'm not real clear on. The Marlins had an almost identical situation and were forced to go out and find 18 players. Why didn't the Cardinals do the same thing? Not everybody tested positive, so take the guys that were positive. I mean, the Marlins make seven roster moves, I believe. Free agents and trades and, and DFAs to try to patch that thing together. And they did it. Well, how come the Cardinals didn't, weren't forced to do the same thing? I don't have that answer. That's my biggest question. Is it's, it's almost an identical thing with almost an identical number. I think the Marlins had more. So why didn't the Cardinals have to go through what the Marlins did? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a great question, and and we don't know. They, just, they have sat idle instead of say, okay, let's you know get some replacements in there or bring some people up from the farm system and, and play. I mean, look at this, Chris. They're two and three. They played five games. How crazy is this? And I don't know what Major League Baseball is going to do. If they're going to go by winning percentages or what for playoffs, because there's no way the Cardinals are going to be able to make up these games. But they played five games. The Cubs have played fifteen. They're twelve and three. The Reds have played uh, six or uh, eighteen games. They're eight and ten. But right now, as we sit, the Cardinals are in second place. 
and the National League Central. How crazy is this? If we're going by winning percentage, they're in second place. <laughs> you know, you got the you got the Cubs, you got the Reds, you got the Brewers, got Cardinals there, Pirates. This is this is insane. I don't know what Major League Baseball is going to do, A, to make up these games. And, and if they can make up these games, how can you put a team potentially in the playoffs if they've played maybe 15 less games than everybody else? Can't do it. What do you do? That's not fair because, I mean, you're going to be split in a room on opinions on this. Is it, is it going to behoove them to try to cram those games in there and basically say we're accepting injury because of all these guys dropping, which we've talked about multiple times. The injuries, I think it's at 32% or a normal percentage is like 12. Unbelievable number of people getting hurt. And so you're going to risk that even more to an organization that's lost some really, really big arms. I'd be really interested to see the conversation about those games and how they're going to do this. Is it going to be based on head-to-head matchups? I don't believe you could do it on winning percentage. It's not fair because it might be a strength of schedule thing where the, you know, the Cubs, you know, they've they've won the games. They deserve credit for winning games. It's hard to win a major league game. I believe that. I, mm-hmm. it's, it's so hard to win a major league game, but strength of schedule. You know, the Cubs haven't played a lot of very difficult teams yet, but still, they won the games and they played well. So how can you go winning percentage and if that schedule breaks and the Cardinals got to play five of their next six teams with winning records? Is that just the luck of the draw and that thing that everybody signed up for? Yeah, it is. It's something that Major League Baseball definitely is going to have to address here, you know, sooner than later. And hopefully we can get the Cardinals back on the field. All right, my friend, we will let you go. We'll let you get back there to Arizona where teddy bears are in the stands. I don't know what that's all about. Maybe we can talk to you about that next time. Life-size teddy bears over there at Chase Field. Come on, man. You got to do something about that. Yeah, I'm going to let that one go. I'm I'm looking (laughs) at the thermometer right now. It says... That's 116, but feels more like 112. Okay, brother. Be good. I'll let you go, man. It's a good day for dropping some weight. There you go. Get in that little sweatsuit, you know, that you got there, you know? The long sleeves used to warm up in. Go get it. Yeah. Take care, brother. No, I, I call that a dry fit shirt now. There you go. <laughs> All right. Take care. Tell Heather hello. All right. There, there we go. And uh, Heather participating in greatest female singer of all time going with pink there you go I want to thank bill cartwright chris bosio for joining us we're back at it again tomorrow frank harnish ballpark frank vgk frank in with us tomorrow as we talk some hockey and a whole lot more have yourself a good one miss any part of the show go to the website tc martin show